Welcome everybody back to the Polarized Podcast. This is a uh, <laughs> this is a polarizing movie we're talking about, and that's what we do here. We talk about polarizing movies, polarizing movies in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Sometimes critics love it, and audiences hate it, or vice versa. Those are the movies we cover. So if you're looking at our movie collection, trying to pick out what to come in on, be interesting if you pick just friends but you know what i i wouldn't hold it against you because this was we're talking about just friends the 2005 ryan reynolds uh amy smart vehicle with two pretty uh pretty iconic people of the uh early 2000s rom-com scene and uh yeah we're talking about that movie today uh it's 42 percent critics 71 percent audience uh we're going to get into it and I want to jump right into it. Cause I, yeah, I have some thoughts about it and in order to do that. I am just the co-host. I have uh, my forever guests and other co-hosts that I would like to bring into the pond, get this conversation going. Mr. James Lindsay. Hey there. Hi there. Hello there. Well, hello there. Uh, I am also uh, a friend. We are, yes, we are friends. You are just a friend. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in this, in this, this circumstance, is... I wouldn't add that just. No, we are not best friends. Where, yeah, this is if a there was a movie about the polarized podcast, it would be called Best Friends. Yes. Best uh-huh. Buds. <laughs> Has, hashtag polarized best friends. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag polarized best buds. Uh, and these, yeah. I, these, these are the people of the, of the time. And this is like, so. I don't know. You, you said you're not sure if like certain people would like show up and this be their first episode. But this is a, an audience-favored movie, at the very it least. And I wouldn't imagine there are many critics listening to this fine, very fine program. But I'm oh, not sure if there are many like critics listening to it. So maybe there's a fan out there like, oh, just friends. That was kind of critically panned a little bit when it came out. Uh, they didn't really care for it. But I did really like it. And I'm going to tune into this podcast, uh, this polarized podcast of ours, on this very... Uh, warm and merry holiday season of ours as well and this is this yes. is a, this is merry, a holiday merry, movie merry christmas happy and i holidays. almost forgot about that until uh you threw it on the list there for our our season uh season theming yeah absolutely because i mean this is something that i remember being a christmas movie because yeah the premise of this movie for people who don't know again weird if you were listening to this movie not know but you know what i that's cool that would be are. more weird yeah if like that they would, just didn't yeah. even know the podcast or the movie and they came on but hey you know Welcome. I mean, it might be it might be the at the top of the list when you uh, tune in. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, no, I remember this movie fairly well. I mean, upon rewatching it, obviously there was a lot of things that I I have a different opinion on, and mm-hmm. you know, notice more um, than previously. But yeah, I mean, God, this uh, Ryan Reynolds. I mean, so we're this, you know, where we're yeah, at. Yeah, this Ryan right Reynolds now. guy. Who is this Ryan Reynolds guy? Who is this Ryan Reynolds guy? Well, he is actually bubbling up and people are really starting to take notice of him. Uh-huh. Um, when did Van Wilder come out? Uh, a couple years before this. So okay. that would be, I, yeah, it would be as, would that's that be his big break? A, yeah, right. Right. I can't right. think of, I, mean, I can't it, think of anything just before a that. movie, I guess. Cause like, you know, he obviously people, you know, I think Van Wilder is, was huge on college campuses, obviously, from mm-hmm. what the content of that movie was. That was National so, Lampoon, uh, right? Yeah, 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 totally. One of their last movies uh-huh. that you would actually like. It wouldn't just be more of like a sex comedy that's straight, straight to, to DVD, yeah, straight to yeah, DVD or just, something, just whatever. Yeah, uh, we're like, right at the cusp right now in 2005. I'm sure this shit yeah. starts to like not be as funny, like coming up here pretty soon the national lampoon kind of frat boy sort of humor sort of shit 
Yeah, totally. But you know what? Van Wilder was funny. And I think a lot of it has, I mean, obviously a lot of it has to do with Ryan Reynolds, but the role that he plays in that is perfect for his type of comedy and what he brings to the table because i mean he typically brings the same thing to the table so i think mm-hmm, you yeah. know if if you like that like that humor like that cadence of delivery that he has mm-hmm. um yeah i mean shit you're you know uh, yeah if you like deadpool right i mean it's pretty well, you, you, you get the you get the gist of it yeah and that's the thing like i used to be very critical about ryan reynolds and i still am to an extent and it wasn't mm-hmm. because of a movie like van wilder which you know, if anything, that maybe pigeonholed him in my brain of the, his his range that he could actually uh, commit to as an actor. But as time has gone on and his career has flourished in many ways, he hasn't mm-hmm. done much different with his performance, performance and everything performances. But that being said, it is definitely way more successful in certain movies than other movies. And a movie like Van Wilder, I think he's perfect for someone who's like sarcastic and witty and, and cracking jokes and animated even a even a pikachu if you will even if i might mm. prefer uh danny devito which i think was one of their choices for pikachu but it, that, that enough of that oh. he's he's a he's a funny guy and i like him in funny funny movies and whatever you feel about deadpool he is perfect for that role he is like the perfect oh, sure. perfect casting for that role and i think this is another movie which i think he he fits the the character uh pretty well yeah <laughs> God, I, I agree. I just am starting to be be very hesitant about it because mm-hmm. this movie for me, the jokes aren't as like the nah. problem with this movie for me is the jokes aren't very good. And right. so I think all of that is built, you know, to build on what you're saying is, is he is the most successful when the casting of him in the movie is relatively inspired and really mm-hmm. perfect for him because he is able to do him very well, right. just like a lot of actors, right? I mean, shit, there's so many actors out there, especially leading actors, where like Dwayne The Rock Johnson's a great example of like, mm-hmm. he doesn't really bring a character to any movie that he mm-hmm. does. I mean, I'm sure some people would argue, but I am I would definitely argue against that. It's really just Dwayne in whatever, you know, the whatever's going around. Are you, you know, telling like, me that boxer Santeros is not an Oscar winning performance? That I love that. Okay. I'm glad you <laughs> This is from South Tales. Tales it, if anyone doesn't it, know. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. And <laughs> that is a, that is more of a character like him. And then also be cool, which is like, the, oh. see, is, is equal to get shorty. Like mm. he also plays a character. The problem with that is, is that he plays a gay man in that. And it's incredibly tone deaf as mm-hmm. time has gone on. So revisiting that so parts of this movie, parts of this movie as well. Yeah. Very much so. Made some notes about uh, some of the language used in this. That oh, just yeah. ages incredibly poorly because, mm-hmm. yeah, again, like setting up the, you know, the time, you know, p- providing context, you know, because that's what we like to do here at the top, at least, or talk about, you know, you know, a, a lot of bullshitting, but try to at least color what the situation is. That's exactly is what we this. do. I feel like we're, we're, I mean, specifically providing context to the, to the discussion between, yeah, I guess, audiences and critics. And that kind of comes near mm-hmm. the end, end of the podcast. Again, for all those people, this is your very first episode. <laughs> we're just bringing like you a, in. Yeah. We're, we're, we're telling you at the end, we this will have a perfect a, episode. Now. This is a perfect episode because we were, we were line, laying it out for you. We will have a discussion about, and we, and we do throughout all of our episodes and everything. But yeah, what, happened with the release and the reception of of people and also how that's represented you know through algorithms on uh, on a site that has reviews and as quantitative measures to produce uh you know something that lets you know if it's good or bad uh you know 
by very binary as we've mentioned in the past but this is one i mean that getting touching on that a bit even is like it was one that i felt like was very successful on dvd and it wasn't yeah. necessarily mm-hmm. one that a lot of people saw in theaters i i don't have mm-hmm. the box office or anything but it strikes me as one that people kind of passed around after the fact and they liked the the humor of especially i don't know just ryan reynolds in that fat suit i think that like that is such like him you know him singing uh, the i swear song in the in the fat suit i i just there's something that like almost feels like that sort of inside joke that you could have with your friends watching a movie and then anytime you hear i swear you kind of like think of that like funny way that he sings the song and and then of course the uh um god i'm anna ferris performance i don't know that her performance transcends a lot of things in this movie in certain ways I yeah she's the she's the best part in this movie even though yeah, she's really an, annoying but that at least she sure. but that's intentional right yeah part like of her character mm-hmm. that's part of her character and that's we're supposed to feel annoyed by her because and so if anything just again effectiveness on her part and she's yeah to also too to talk about Anna Ferris like we're you know we're in a good good spot for her as well mm-hmm. like I think this movie functions as a outing to feature both of these people in another leading role to try to like prove the concept of Mm -hmm. their strength and their pull um which is just it's kind of funny because like it this is also coming off of them having some non-successful stuff Mm -hmm. so it's like there there's like also recalibration and if anything i would say like maybe I would pull back what I'm saying a little bit and just say that I think this is trying to rejuice or rework potentially what their careers would look like and try to get them, you know, back up or propel them forward or, you know, just really try to keep that momentum going for them mm-hmm. in, a, in a way, because yeah, I mean, right now we're functioning in the space of like the, um, uh scary movies you know which she's ostensibly the lead in mm-hmm. um really successful Wonder- you know, she's wonderful in, in wonderful. all of them you know absolutely wonderful in, in terms of like and- i think there's like zucker brothers work work on those movies and everything in terms of like that sort of play it straight sort of thing she's so mm-hmm. good at like playing it straight in all of those movies in terms of like being be, like she's actually in a scary movie and the, all the stuff happening around her is insane uh funny right. funny shit but then she just plays it so just like scared and and freaked out and everything and uh yeah oh, really which... really like almost underrated <laughs> as as to the you know because you can do so much more silly things with a person that uh handles it so well and, and is reacting in such a strong way to it oh I'm, yeah and i'm glad that you brought up that role of hers and how she's able to excel in that because i think it's kind of a cool homage or just at least i mean it must have been fun for anna ferris to be in this movie with the mother with ryan oh Rowe's yeah mother. julie julie haggerty is that's her name right julie, yeah julie God, haggerty I, lo- I love her she's so good in this too oh yeah she's great in this and she essentially plays that role but an airplane and so mm-hmm. um i think there's a lot of similarities between anna ferris and julia haggerty and it's really fun that yeah, they're in a movie sure. together but the unfortunate part again i you know i don't mean to start this mill up but it, like this movie doesn't successfully incorporate like their interactions with them are next to none which i think is a huge miss um because anna ferris is also just 
because of the plotting is taken out of so many situations definitely the second half yeah is somewhat fine because she is come she is such a crazy like entrance into the movie that you almost immediately need a break from her for things to actually happen because if she is on an 11 and her involvement in any situation in this movie is so incredibly distracting and also too just really like exactly what happens in this like when they go to the bar when they finally get back to new jersey is she just like derails conversations <laughs> and then allows for very little like more intimate character building moments because she's just like throwing a tantrum <laughs> well you know uh stopping people from talking and being like me 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 focus on me and it's just it's i'm uh, busy well i'm busy <laughs> i just honestly man i think this movie's a fucking mess like i I I went into this with having fond memories of this because I just mm-hmm. think, you know, maybe it's because of I, I'm like putting like rolling things together like you're, you know, rolling together a scary movie, how much I liked Anna Ferris and that rolling together mm-hmm. National Lampoon, um, Van Wilder and how much I like that. And then also Chris Klein, too. I mean, his. Um, He's got, in, he's got some funny American, parts, but yeah. American Pie, yeah, he does have some funny. Mm-hmm. I would argue some of the funnier parts because, like, I think, yeah, I don't know what he's doing in the movie has more comedy to it than a lot of the stuff like Ryan Reynolds is doing because this movie definitely doesn't handle like there needs to be this there needs to be character development with Ryan Reynolds as like, he's digressing, which is an interesting concept. And I clearly made a note of it. And I want to champion the movie for like, they I fumble, some... they fumble the fucking ball with his character. I feel like in this movie for oh, sure. Big time. Cause yeah, yeah I think the, the overall concept of at being... least the follow through, maybe, maybe the, the beginning and like that, that's, that's all good. You know, in the bits with the, the fat suit, even it's, and I'll get to this, right. but I, I, I think like they just fumble the ball. And, and to your point, and if I can maybe interpret for a, a little bit yeah, too, and something that we both, I feel like have agreed on in the past is comedies that are mean spirited are not really mm-hmm. like our cup of tea and not everything in this is mean spirited, but the main character is, and mm-hmm. he doesn't have much of a turnaround. No, and he much doesn't of like a redeeming sort of like sort of moment where, where things change. And when that would happen, we're kind of just already getting into like the overall part of it. Like, but like, yeah, let's when it does, <laughs> when it, the opportunity does arise for that to happen, when he goes to his dentist friend, which he goes to get his, you know, teeth checked on however many times in this fucking movie, but <laughs> it looks goes, like Mark Ruffalo. Oh my God. I thought the same thing. I told it's Car, I was like, like, bargain bin like Mark, Ruffalo. Big Mark Ruffalo energy here too. And it was <laughs> yeah. funny, like not to be mean, you know, but like, I was like, this dentist doesn't have like, <laughs> the, I mean, maybe he's comparing to Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds teeth and everything. I'm like, this dentist could use some dental work. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> that's, that's mean. But anyways, he goes to his friend, like near the end of the movie where like Amy smarts, like fucking done. I think it might be after the bar when he's drunk and he shows up then um oh my god but regardless yeah. he fucks up so many times but that was so the moment times. where where the friend was supposed to be like bro you gotta not be a fucking asshole and you gotta change your tune a little bit here and harken back to the good things from your prior self that you left behind and you just completely abandoned you became this new new uh fucking asshole or whatever mm-hmm. and and jilted and everything by by all your past you need to take those positive things into you in with you to the future and have this coming home and to your roots moment and find those good things that still exist within you. 
I don't know. There, there, that was the theme that I wanted them to go into of like, he, he lost himself in, in his new persona and he needs to find himself again, as opposed to mm-hmm. just, you know, the, so much was building on this relationship. And in that moment where it was going to have the turnaround where he was and he was going to, you know, make his, you know, big profession of love to Amy smart closely after this, his friend, what does he tell him? He's like, you're fucking, what is, I don't know his first name is Mark or something. Mark Brander, <laughs> mm. which by the way, I was going to say at the beginning of this episode, Chris, this is, Chris Brander. this is not a Brandini episode. This is a Brander <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. This is your yes. new, this is your new nickname as well. Yeah. Brander, even though it's very terrible. Brander stables. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, this is long winded, but it's just like his, his friend didn't know, had no pushback that friend or, or his friend's wife. They were both, they were all, they're all buddies. Their inclusion in the movie was like, perfunctory and and pointless almost like right just where, function they, as like chauffeurs yeah <laughs> like, and they're just like hey what's up man and it's like oh yeah you should totally get with amy and then just like we're just like supporting and like enabling his shitty fucking behavior behavior and that's where the, it really falls flat for me i think there's certain parts of this movie that i still find very funny in terms of you know Anna Anna Ferris like that she just yeah. you know she, without her in this movie I'm not sure I would I would give a single fuck but uh, yeah, you know dude, her and real. Julie Haggerty and in some of the Chris Klein stuff and and again I say that like Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart I think was pretty smart casting it's just how they wrote his character was was fucked I I don't know like as far as follow through was uh not earned when they finally like got together and he just shows up at her door and then just as like Ambrose all said immediately, I want to have yeah. babies with you. And she's like, okay. And then it does that stupid fucking thing with the kids. That was just like, I guess that's how this movie's ending. But um, right. yeah, I, I, I just, I, I thought that his character in, in terms of like the, the grand scale of what we're talking about and why this movie doesn't, doesn't work. especially for me is yeah, mm. it's just unearned by the end and he doesn't change at all. He changes at yeah. the beginning, like he becomes a shittier version of himself. And he becomes a f- big fucking douchebag, and then he doesn't change back. Really, he just gets in a relationship. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Which is uh, which I think is such a cardinal sin to what, like I think the intention of this movie is because, again, there are some interesting things at play here where it is a person who in high school was not a popular person Mm -hmm. becomes a popular person and then essentially regresses as they go home because of like, I, Mm -hmm. I, I was, I was enjoying it. That is like, even not fully explored that part either. No. Oh, definitely. Which is what they were trying to do. And even that they didn't even do fully successfully. I feel like just the retainer thing. Oh, right. Uh, they got yeah. the retainer thing in there. And Ryan Reynolds was good with that. Yeah, that was good. Some good, like prop acting with, I don't know, just his face. Mm-hmm. Like, and I thought that transition of him into his prior self was one of the better parts of his performance was when he started to do the open mouth breathing and the eyes kind of opening up and kind of going kind of blank a little bit was like very like good, like physical humor that was not over the top in your face. But, uh, mm-hmm. when there was so much, so much other over the top shit going on but yeah yeah i mean it just because it it's so like cheaply hangs its hat on the fact of like ryan reynolds is an incredibly attractive guy and let's put him in situations where he has to look unattractive look you know he's he's the one getting dogged on all of that stuff and like it 
gets old so quickly because yeah. there is there's not a, really any leg to stand on. Mm-hmm. It, it just presents its concepts and abandons them to just get from point A to point B mm-hmm. in a way that it it doesn't give a shit about a lot of the other characters. Cause like, I mean, if we were to go down the list, you've already brought up the friends. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't even explore the relationship that his friend has with his wife and being a father. Like it, mm. it very, very briefly brings it up about him, you know, just considering like what, you know, the things that he's buying, the life that he's living, all of that stuff. But it's just immediately then like, oh, let's focus on Ryan Reynolds again. It's all about Ryan Reynolds Mm -hmm. and it isn't really about anybody else. And it's like also too, it just was so weird to me that it so strongly puts up that Amy Smart is really like self-conscious about the fact that she's still living at home, but then is relatively confident almost immediately by she is, um, you know, she's actually a teacher. These kids like appreciate her and respect her and like all of this stuff. And there's like, they're like, what, what does she really go through in or, and also too, what does Ryan Reynolds help her mm. understand that being genuine, being humble, being, so what if you live with your parents or live back mm-hmm. at home? Like it, it that's like life isn't shouldn't be valued on those things it should be valued on your character or how you feel about you know those relationships and all of that and it like just doesn't give a flying fuck no, about no. it it's extremely <laughs> flat and it honestly reminded me a lot of there's something about mary and mm-hmm. as funny as that movie is and it plays in totally plays into yeah. those kind of flat character characteristics almost to a point where all these guys are looking at her almost as like a a flat a un, unmoving yeah. yeah sex object like a uh, unmoving mm-hmm. object like not unchanging and not a person just like a, yeah almost a thing that they want to acquire um and then they kind of play with that a little bit more and it's uh she, you know she, and that, that that whole movie and everything too but that's and it's mean-spirited in, in, its, in its own way as well but it is also making fun of that in an interesting way of that kind of stalker creeper kind of male mentality and everything like that but this doesn't have a commentary really on any of the Mm -hmm. things that are happening. And it plays into the things that where it should within movie dialogue be kind of railing against some of the ideas that even like the bullies and all the people in high school lambasted them for throughout the whole movie. It it never has a commentary pushing against that. Like him and his little brother are constantly going at it with each other with the same you know verbal language that all the bullies were treating him with when he was in high school and him and his little brother treat each other the exact same way so nothing really changes there i just didn't understand that i'm glad you brought that up because i just didn't get that that why his brother would have the attitude of a bully to ryan reynolds like you know we watched the trailer before we started for people you can see this if you watch us on twitch it's like yeah, like he said, he said his brother while getting like sat on by Ryan Reynolds is like, you'll always be fat to me. And there's plenty of moments as well in the movie where, you know, his younger brother is just giving him shit for being using like really now um, very dated and unfortunate language about like calling him gay, like, but using worse language than that. I won't use it here, but like, yeah, just giving him shit for that. And it's like, why like especially given the fact that is what his his brother like if anything his brother is a relatively decent role model all things considered is is that he was he went 
and made something of his life and made some changes in like arguably like for the better like because uh, you know it's presenting the movie at first is that he's incredibly unhappy because he is not being seen he's being in the friend zone he just just being really kind of emasculated and then he takes control of his narrative leaves which that in itself is like a huge hurdle he overcomes and then it goes and goes and be uh, becomes successful like his house is fucking sick holy shit i was like whoa um god how much money are you like yeah uh, every part of his character is is contributing towards like what seems to be like a sex addict or like a patrick bateman almost or something uh, like that where and he's treating women have been objects yeah, as like sure. revenge you know and it, mm. it, or it, at least that's what the movie gives us it doesn't give us much more is that he just he, he has become successful in all, th- all these things but it almost seems as vengeance for how he's been treated and now he's become the villain that he's always kind of fought against in, in that sort of way but then that doesn't even come to fruition when he does meet his own bully I'm not to not to say that's what I wanted, but that even that was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, this is just that that uh, most popular guy in school or football guy that just never left town, and you know, it, that, was, that was just another flat stereotype of of a of a guy, and it, even even that was an opportunity to get into um, his bully or something like that too. But it's just, yeah, it, I'm thinking we're listing all these things that the movie could have done, and it's I get realized, yeah, maybe it's not the most worthwhile exercise, but. Even even something like oh, I interesting. Think, I think like <laughs> yeah. Right. I think like the the fucking hockey team at the beginning. I think they were called the bullies. I think that was was on their jersey. I, I paused it and I was trying to look at it, and I think there was a moose or something. And I think it was supposed to be like Bullwinkle, oh, like right. bullies, and like there was a Bullwinkle or something like that. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it just what does that? I guess that means yeah. It's like I'm the bully now, and then he cucks this this guy's you know lady that that was the, that was the that was the weirdest dialogue thing too where he's like talking to his, this other guy like hey i had this like traumatic thing with this girl that like friend zoned me or whatever like way back in the day and so you don't you don't want to go to lunch you know he's saying all this shit and then the girl that he was flirting with walks up excuse me excuse me that's how she says it and then he's like oh hey i saw you were flirting with me earlier and then he like already starts laying down his his shtick and all that stuff. But then it cuts to the next scene, and you never find out what she wanted to say to him because <laughs> she uh, says yeah. So she's like, "Excuse me, excuse." It almost was like you're 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 standing on my jacket that I dropped on the ground or something like that. That was the tone that it was. This yeah, is such pay a attention mi- to me. This is such a minute point, but that's just like that. That is the the small little thing that you get about his new self before going being thrust kind of into the situ with situation with Anna Ferris, which steals every fucking scene she's in to your point too, uh, as being distracting, but also successfully distracting to have kind of like funny. Yeah. A movie that's trying to be funny in other ways and can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that's, right. that's kind of the whole, the whole thing with them too. Uh, but. Oh God. Yeah. And that's that, one last thing on that scene is I mm-hmm. just thought it was so hilarious. Cause it just, it, the movie makes such a point about what the friend zone is. And I just thought it was so jarring and funny to me that Ryan Reynolds had to explain to somebody yeah, right in 2005. That's a, a guy who's in his thirties or late twenties. I'm sorry. Um, of what the friend zone is. I just <laughs> thought that was like so convenient to like neat, like over explain because 
it, you have to understand the friend zone in this movie or else you're not going to get what's happening. <laughs> you know, you're not going to understand dialogue later in the movie, which is just like kind of such a fuck you to the audience of like, yeah, like anybody who's going to see this fucking movie in 2005 is in high school and they know what the fucking friend zone is like who yeah why oh god that just drove me nuts i'm like you had to explain friend zone to the audience yeah and it just yeah and it is a movie that is playing into that idea so much and it's doesn't do it yeah it just doesn't really do it super successfully even like establishing their relationship before it moves on to the next uh period of their lives like yeah i don't know it was like watching amy smart like interact with him in the bed where she's just like you know exposing herself and like essentially to him on the bed and everything and kind of yeah i don't know it's just it's it's interesting to to see how that plays out when uh i don't know i i want i want to dig deeper like i want to dig deeper kind of into that relationship a bit like how how they how are they friends like what how did that start and everything and what is this dynamic here like i it, it just didn't make mm. full sense to me how she was treating him just being, I don't know, being so physically physical with him and everything. And in, in such a way, it was just like taking that friend zone to the extreme. Like this, mm. this guy is so deep in that fucking friend zone. Like it was just trying to be the most, yeah, I don't know the stere- It's that stereotypical sort of thing, but in, it's just hard for me to look at that relationship as a, as a realistic thing. Although I do find Ryan Reynolds pretty funny in that fat, fat suit. And I think he knows how to do that, like funny face with like the big eyes and like the open mouth Mm. breathing and stuff. And it's physical humor. It gets kind of old at a certain point, but um, that is like something. Yeah. It's a kind of iconic of this movie. I think if you were to ask most people about, because again, like I think both of us can attest being in, in that camp of like going into this, thinking this movie was like oh funly about this movie oh yeah this you know this movie's funny and you know it's got but in more you know more specifically i think people would pull that fat suit bit mm-hmm. out as being yeah really yeah the 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 big takeaway of this being like oh isn't it funny that ryan reynolds of all people is in a fat suit and you know got the braces doing all of the stuff and yeah the him getting busted which i just all of that is so like there's so much of that shit in the movie that just also is really indicative of like the the over explaining the friend zone like all of these flaws in the movie just are so clear to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like you know uh the fact that they're at a party in uh a senior party in high school and then people are like bringing their yearbooks I, I never went to a senior party where people were bringing their ear. Somebody was party. wearing their cap and gown at the party. I mean, I guess <laughs> yeah. whatever. <laughs> that was like, I saw someone just like, yeah, I'm wearing my cap and gown. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What a nerd. Yeah, what a fucking nerd. Like, but I also, damn. who would like pull, yeah, that that message like in from the yearbook and just read in front of everyone and everyone just be on board about oh. like, yeah, Fuck yeah. that guy, you know, like that's pouring his heart out in that yearbook. What an idiot. Like I, I it's so I stupid. Mm-hmm. It's like crazy stupid and not funny. And that like, football that's, player get, is like 35 years old, which is uh, he's yeah, like already. Yeah. 
I thought it was hilarious too that like the older version of himself so clearly <laughs> they hit the top of his head is shaved because there's just like that was so bad I wasn't sure if it was shaved or a bald cap but it looked really bad it looks so fucking bad because yeah. it's just it's such a stark contrast like as a person who was balding myself it's like it's not something where like it, it is that stark and it literally looks like somebody put like a circle on the top of his head yeah, exactly and just shaved exactly around it <laughs> because it's just like the hair is like not receding not anything no on the it's sides, like full it's on the side yeah full on the sides but just like razor thin on the top it looks like, really bad and where it's like cut off too it's like too high or something i don't know what it is maybe it is too full yeah. maybe that is like the lines are too too clear it's, yeah they're it's, too stark yeah it looks it's too off. Stark and it's like it's not it almost looked like the top of his head was like pointy or something which made me think it was like a bald cap or like something like that but it was mm, it looked, i'm glad you mentioned that because i was like this is like noticeably like really bad yeah. <laughs> so shitty oh and all yeah like again all of this stuff it just is so crazy to me and i just was like i was watching this movie and taking notes like some of the really bad movies that we love but mm -hmm. the problem is is like nothing was like too insane for it to be like so right. bad it's good mm -hmm. like it just ended up being so mediocre and mm -hmm. like lacking jokes for long stretches because like it's time spent on emotional weight and character development was like just as much respect was paid to to like setting up jokes like really trying to make impact on some funny bits or anything like that everything was just so shallow and surface level but yeah, yeah just like, put ryan reynolds in a fucking ice rink with a bunch of kids and stuff and just have him do that do that and for have a him bit do that and, Although yeah, that, the, uh, the funny part of that, I guess, was him just punching a child in the face. I thought that was. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then he gets like, yeah. He, he goes all like jacked up and he just starts beating the shit out <laughs> of the, just kids. Beats the shit out of some kids. That was, that was pretty great. Um, that was pretty fun. And yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, like a little bit about Chris. I know we already mentioned Chris Klein, but I thought, you know, and that's oh. where the, there's something about Mary kind of mixture comes in for me a bit about the guy that like pretending Very to be a certain fun. way just to get the girl um and i thought his turn was i was pretty funny i don't know it, he was uh -huh. just like turned out to be such a scumbag and then that like yeah it was upsetting because then it, i it, i guess it made ryan reynolds it was like lesser of two evils at that point where ryan reynolds just exactly. wasn't as bad as chris klein i guess i guess i don't know but like yeah when he he's like realized he's not going to be able to sleep with amy smart and he just walks off and like sexually harasses or like spanks a woman and then like does that to the guy and like shows his fist to the guy and then like <laughs> fucks and then fucks everyone <laughs> like yeah and then three motions he like spanks someone threatens someone and then like flips someone i was like wow he's really bad <laughs> i liked how extreme that was at first i was like wow that was kind of fucked up that he like did that to a woman and then i was like oh no he's like just really a bad dude <laughs> oh dude and, the line and they want to show is, how bad he is <laughs> the line in that when he does that is f this i'm mobile <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was so funny oh that reminds me of the other i think it's ryan reynolds that says it though where he gets on the bus with like the he has like pop off or some shit yeah and he's yeah, like he's so long suck town <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those i don't know it's just the the performance and how it's written everything it's certain things that are gems and little nuggets of fun stuff which i think one of my favorite bits is julie haggerty popping in on the phone and and constantly interrupting and and kind of that stuff he and he even does it with a little brother later too but i think julie, julie haggerty was 
she's just so innocent and sweet in her voice i i don't know i, I love yeah. it and when she like joins for the notebook trip which i yeah the whole notebook thing was like and that was such like a quintessential echoing of the sentiment sentiment tour of like masculinity at that time was how mm. the men in this movie handled just the idea of watching yep. the notebook and exactly, the nicholas yeah. sparks movie and i remember at that time being in high school and being like oh bro like no oh. It's for girls. And there was a lot of homophobic stuff around the, around this time too, of, you know, people like the younger brother and, and, you know, being called that, you know, we, I'm sure we've both been called that at times in high school and shit like that. Um, but that, how they handled like the attitude towards the notebook, like expressed to me exactly like not only the, the, the time that this movie came from, but the, also the people making it, you know, oh, it was like, totally. Oh no, they don't have a, a real commentary on this. Cause even mm-hmm. like the Chris Klein guy was like a fucking fraud and uh, Ryan Reynolds the whole time is like rolling his eyes and it's just like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like this guy's lost his way and he's not who he was. And the good parts about himself are, are gone now. I keep repeating this, but it's just like, Oh, that, that's th- a good that I wanted that to come through of like, yeah, you have grown. And there are a lot of like negative things from the past that you've about yourself that you've grown through and past and you're a better person in a lot of ways and you've improved yourself but you've also lost some things too and i just wanted it to be more about amy smart and him kind of coming to terms with those good things that they used to have together and i think Mm -hmm. for that matter yeah amy smart doesn't really like change or anything too she she just kind of accepts what what ryan reynolds is putting out at at near the end which isn't just isn't strong and and uh um and then it makes me question even Anna Ferris as great as she is is almost just like a utility bag of like we need something to happen in the movie so Anna Ferris is kind of kind of propel things in a direction one way or the other for him because if she wasn't there like I don't know what this movie this movie would be like void like void of anything it'd be like like there's there's no real characters otherwise to to push things along um but yeah i i don't know so yeah oh so silly and i it it's just crazy to me when you think about the formulation of a movie which is an expensive and really laborious endeavor like a, a movie can be has been described to me which i find really interesting is like a movie's like building a whole house just to then like potentially like it's going to get torn down it's going to be over like you're putting so much time yeah. and investment all these resources have to a lot of them have to come together for a relatively short period of time and so there's like it, and it's just always crazy that when you watch a movie how things get so like shallow and rounded off and it just it, it blows me away where you're like oh you did just like i feel like you needed more time in it which is really surprising because people are giving you 30 you know giving you i don't know millions of dollars to do this and there's just like really core like elements to the story that just don't make sense that on paper i don't know like maybe a transformation happened in production and and things got like removed from the movie or whatnot but like it just is so glaring fundamental like misunderstandings and just ineptitudes because like again like i could go down my list of notes and i will eventually of like one thing like to you know immediately that stood out to me is i don't understand what ryan reynolds's purpose is with anna ferris 
Like all of that doesn't make oh, any no. sense. Oh like, no. And you don't even see like the boss again to like, let him know if the thing that he was supposed to do at the beginning of this movie that he was assigned to, if he did it or not, he's succeeding. Yeah. Cause like who, who fucking knows what, like, no. the, you know, you even made the comment. It's like romancing the stone or some shit with fucking. <laughs> he just gets dropped from a plane in fucking Jersey. <laughs> and just, oh my God, because Anna Ferris has to microwave salmon. She's a, she, has a, she has a diet. I, I shouldn't have to talent. worry about that. I'm the talent. <laughs> I'm the talent. And I was thinking, honestly, the same fucking thing. I like, I literally. And she's just, microwaving yeah. ahi tuna. <laughs> she's microwaving salmon in a. I think it was ahi like, tuna. Oh, was I? Was like, I was like questioning. Yeah. I was like, "Why are you microwaving tuna?" I don't, I don't know. Just eat it, <laughs> right? Just eat it. It's. I mean, if it's sushi, great. Just go for it. But like, also, but I honestly, that was what was so funny is I like when she said that I'm the talent. It's supposed to come off as like, oh, she's so entitled. Like she's not. She won't like accept responsibility for anything. But I honestly was like, yeah, like what the fuck? Like she is supposedly this mega star, and then we get to the very set looking airplane that they're on and i'm like there's no stewardesses at all there was no extras in that scene at all like wouldn't they be on a plane where they're getting table service by attendance there's just two people in a totally empty plane and she's bringing a doggy bag of ahi tuna to <laughs> microwave i'm like what world are we living in like if she was an like reality would be is that it would have been communicated by her manager what her diet is and then that would have been prepared and served to her on the fucking plane like, why? and also like why they can't just find like get why another flight at the airport like mm. i don't know what takes so long to just get another flight out of there especially if you're again, they, like do they need a she just needs to, she needs to take that private jet i guess she's just like no nah, i can't i can't take like commercial like i need to go on my private jet and wait for it to get fixed because the microwave fucking i don't know yeah no Whatever. there's no way i mean all of that is Whatever. It, it's Whatever. just nonsense yeah because mm -hmm. like if she's the if she's one of the biggest stars on the planet there are ton, there are going to be private jets that where they land they can hook her up yeah maybe they have to drive a couple hours to get to another airport but there's going to be especially in the new york new jersey area there's for sure going to be fucking planes and then yeah all of that stuff okay but the thing i really wanted to say is, is like so ryan reynolds is tasked again with like getting her i i i don't know i'm sorry i'm belaboring this because it just blows me away that it makes so like so little sense no it does it makes no sense and, and no, that's the, the plot like yeah. yeah that's the jettison of the plot and i just i don't get it because a thing like it's almost as like somebody, get him to the greek or something i don't know totally but the thing is is that he's not her manager no he is a, he's a label executive so really what his if we were in a which is just again blows me away because it's Hollywood sense. Hollywood people like go fucking at, go to go to a record label in fucking LA when you're while you're making this movie and writing it and pitching it and all of that and like find out what it means to do his job and like as a record executive really he's just like making sure that she's getting in the studio time the album's coming together getting it like really not even talking to but her like the album's already like made or getting made so what, did, what made. is he trying to do is he trying to sign her no because it's already fucking in the that's works the like point, it's going right that's what i was gonna say it's like i was just that fundamentally was the problem i was so confused about it's like if she's already the biggest star like she's already signed so what are you doing? <laughs> like it, it it's not because 
I think what you should have done then is you should have done like she is a rising star. There right. should have been like cuts of her being like, and they know, do her, them having history makes sense. Whatever, yeah, right because she is not as famous. You mm-hmm. know, she's coming up in L.A. Whatever, and He's maybe that's what, and that's LA. why the boss asked him. Is like, oh, and that's kind of what they mm-hmm. inferred in that meeting. Lightly was that that like oh well you know her you banged her before or whatever sorry for sorry i've watched this movie too recently i used the word banged sorry <laughs> I know, God, i'm oh, so geez, i need a i have i have ryan reynolds tongue now <laughs> oh god you got the rr tongue um i also i do i do, I do like the boss though that guy's awesome in, in uh, barry steven rude yeah he's also great in, in like, um, office space dodgeball in dodgeball yeah is he the stapler guy in office space right was that yeah. someone else? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think so too. Yeah. It's good dude. But then he, and, give and me my lobster. Sequel. Run. He's <laughs> <Run. Don't get laughs> yeah, just... like, get my fishy or whatever. Like, <laughs> Daddy wants fishy some shit. <laughs> but look, fat in these pants. It was this big concern. <laughs> it was leather on leather too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh man, my. what does that feel? Yeah. Just like every move you make is like. Oh. <laughs> 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 God, so yeah, much just, chafing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to baby powder up before you. Pop <laughs> um, so silly and stupid, and yeah, I'm just. <sighs> Anyways, I don't. Yeah, no, I, it's cool, man. I'm down to like go through some like notes of ours and kind of. Yeah, like, I think one of like the the things that was resonating with me through this conversation was yeah, it seems like a situation where they came in where like it's a it's a movie about the friend zone, and they had the pitch and they had the premise but the follow through was not fucking there and everything in the middle was almost kind of like, let's have fun while we're stuck in this town and have Ryan Reynolds regress back into his, his former self a bit, which just wasn't followed through on. They started a lot of those things and they, and they had this kind of like fun, funny premise in, in their minds. Um, but it was, yeah, a lot, very, a lot of, like a lot of mean spirited stuff. Again, I keep saying that, but it's just, yeah, no, that was, uh, that right. was the language of the movie they gave they gave him so much and then like even amy smart just didn't have enough opportunities to really like i don't know stick up for him even in the moment when like with the yearbook and everything like she had the she walked out and had and outside and everything and they had a conversation but like i don't know like stick up for him or something in front of other people at least have one one moment or something instead she's pissed at him for him when he comes back rightfully so because he's just a fucking douchebag like i don't know how how however many ways i can say it but like our main character is kind of like an asshole the whole time and then gets exactly what he wants by the end mm-hmm. and doesn't learn anything besides yeah i don't know he transitions from treating women like sh- shit really and just using them as as sex objects to being like oh this is the one that got away and i'm gonna change my whole tune and go you know right back to uh, just where I was in high school and being madly in love with her um, with no real logical transition point. I, I don't know. It's just, uh, and, and this is also another thing of like, this is a polarizing movie that is a comedy and mm. for a comedy not to work. That is like the most, you know, I don't know, cardinal sin of, of watching a movie of having a bad time and being polarizing a thing. Cause these jokes either land or they don't. And when they don't, when joke doesn't land, you're like, offended and you're kind of like someone let out a stinky fart or something like that rather than you know somebody who enjoys it and it's just it's it's like speaking a different different language at that point or something which makes sense why you would just be kind of fuck this fuck this whole process 
Um, but yeah, I would just to that last point before we get into the notes is like, I would also argue too, is like, it's okay for certain jokes to not every joke has to hit, but I think this movie overall, a problem that I have with it is that it's light on jokes as well. Like it, it spends a lot of time in this reflection and in, in these, um, like montage type stuff where. Yeah. Like vignette kind like of shit. Yeah. Vignette shit where it is this self-reflection that is happening by, you know, going through your old stuff and his old stuff in his room and, you know, uh, the yearbook and reminiscing on um, through some, some bits of their conversations being like, Oh, you know, this used to happen back then, yada, yada, yada. And there's a lot of that, which obviously this is a romantic comedy. So there needs to be, you know, their relationship needs to be front and center and there needs to be stuff happening there, but it just overall is so light on jokes. And I just blows me away that this movie wasn't filled out with more comedians. Like how expensive would that have been for like the best friend to be a comedian for the, the jock, the, you know, the jock that's still there to be a comedian. Mm -hmm. Like all of those people should be funnier people. Like why we never got a sense of like who she's working with at the bar Mm -hmm. or like, you know, other teachers at her school or like all of these moments that need to be filled God, with the moments where jokes. they talk with the friends are just so fucking pointless. Cause all they do is they just talk about exactly what just fucking happened in the scene. Like she does it with her friend and then he does it with his friend. And they're like, so I just, I just try to make this move on him. I did the cold feet thing and it didn't work. And she just doesn't say her friend doesn't say fucking shit. Anything. Cause they don't have a commentary and the directors and the writers don't have a commentary on what the a- is actually perspiring. Like, yeah. Perspiring. Yeah. <laughs> sweat. Perspiring. It's so sweat. It's so hot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah too hot. <laughs> and you know what? That's a, that is a really good, like, again, to drive the point home about its lack of commentary lack of just like filling out the movie with conversations with other people other than the main actors because like going into this movie i think there was a lot of juice that came from waiting which was a cult classic mm-hmm. and a lot of people like sure. that movie if i were to look back it's probably not as funny as i remember it yeah but I, I rewatched I would, it somewhat recently and it didn't hold up as much as i wanted it to but that yeah, is a good so, role for him you know again that's a pretty good role for him right and i think it even though I'm sure if you've watched it recently, correct me if I'm wrong, it at least makes somewhat of the commentary about the hopelessness mm. and the and the internal conflict you have of self-worth by continuing to do a service like mm-hmm. industry job, yeah. you know, for so long. And there is a lot of like somewhat morose, but at least like more meaty commentary about like, you know, I'm just dealing with shitty people My, you know, I feel like my life sucks. I'm not going uh-huh. anywhere. And at least some of that is present, but man, this yeah, is it is just like, like him and Justin long. And then the new, the new uh, newbie and everything is kind of like the new hire is kind of looking at Justin long and looking at Ryan Reynolds of like, Oh, if I continue to work here, I could, I could be one of two things where Justin long is a little bit more uh re- regretting his life choices a little bit and like his status as a as a server and everything and ryan reynolds almost seems to kind of be like thriving in yeah. this environment uh-huh. in a way from my from my memory or he's kind of figured it out um and it's now i'm remembering, like, like, I'm, I'm remembering cool. he's it's Adventureland, right he's in that yeah. was a, that was a pretty good one too where i thought that once the curtain was drawn of like that's kind of and that's kind of it was almost like his character in waiting where he's kind of figured out this way to be a cool carny and he knows what he's doing, but then he turns out to be like a pedophile by the end. Isn't it something like that? Yeah. But 
Yes. I mean, I think pedophile might. He's like, flir- this- he's like flirting with underage women or something yeah. like that. And not underage, I don't think, but I, oh, okay. but nonetheless, like he's in his mid thirties yeah. and he's flirting with 20 year olds. Like, so, you know, I don't think it's something necessarily. Like, I think that like works. I don't know. Having that veneer, yes. veneer kind of taken away of like, there is something skeevy about this guy. Like he, he isn't. And, and, and that's why Deadpool works so well too, is like, he isn't like your superhero. He isn't like he's got, there's got a little bit of like an edge of like sarcasm of like something different. That's a little darker or something, but when it, yeah, I keep repeating the same thing, but when they, when the writers don't know that and they don't follow through with some sort of thing that he has to confront as that character and he has to choose, like, I'm going to continue to be this way, or I'm going to make a decision to a concerted effort to do something different. And he doesn't do, he, he just, he just does, he does what he's going to do with no consequences and Amy Smart loves him for it. So I, yeah, I just, um, so, so yeah, it's so lame. It's so mm-hmm. fucking bullshit. Like I, I, it blew me away and I, we've already, you know, you in particular have mentioned like, or at least alluded to the way this movie wraps up and it is just like it absolutely. And I think I even said to start getting into our notes and some high, you know, things that stood out to us is like. I wrote this movie is wrapping up quickly. Yes. Because from when he gets plastered, gets on the <laughs> gets on the bus to then mm-hmm. get taken to the bar down the street. And it was like this old joke of like he really just went like 20 yeah. feet or whatever <laughs> and then goes in there and it makes a huge ass of himself. Like um, seemingly like from there, he leaves to but go then to Chris LA. Klein makes an ass out of himself, too. It doesn't like things don't happen. So yeah. It's like everything. So it's like. anyways continue oh yeah but it's just like the sequences after the like end of the second act situation of he is like now like down and out like the con like he is really like so much of what he is like built up and lied about and whatever has run through Uh he leaves and retreats and then he comes back and again like you mentioned is then he just like reads off the like you know the hundred things i love about Mm -hmm. amy and then it just like wins her over and then the movie ends and it, and it just is like that was so me. frustrating dude that that conversation yeah, at the so door like, it started with like i want to take you on a date and i was like oh that's like simple and kind of cute maybe of Ma- like, like it, i came back for this simple thing and then he just started he just kind of kept going he's like i want to take you on a date and be your boyfriend and get married and have babies yep. <laughs> Like, you know I was like, "Whoa, holy shit!" He's like, "Dad, I want to have, I want, I want you to have my babies." It's like, "Fuck, man!" Like, she was just like piss at you. She shut the door in your fucking face on on New Year's Eve, and yeah, that made me <sighs> that like her turn because of the prospect of being a mother, like, was something that came up recently for me because we've been watching um older movies and there he's was, like fine you i'll you can have my baby he's like him right. giving in like fine she's like yay i'm happy now yeah. it's like oh exactly like because the you know it's yeah so these older movies that we've wa- been watching i think it was charade with um with carrie grant, grant. Gary Grant and Audrey Hepburn, where there's a lot of like double crossing and a lot of you can't trust anybody type situation. And that movie wraps up. And because of the time, his like admission to I want to have a family with you turns her attitude like 
oh my god okay perfect like <laughs> everything's fine now thank god you've admitted that we're gonna have five, five kids together and it's just like it comes off it like and then to see it kind of in this movie where you can be like it it is such an old and very antiquated like concept that a woman is going to forgive a man if the prospect of having children becomes more like uh, of a uh, a higher possibility like that it, just the possibility of having kids soon it will like allow you to be forgiven and it just like fucking frustrates the shit out of me yeah. now because it's like oh he so did instead the bare of, fucking minimum minimum the, even yeah, the, if that right like and it's it just so happened Chris honestly. Klein was an asshole and she didn't want to like date him anyways, but But he's gonna go off and fuck other women because like honestly. Oh, you mean like, like sexy nurse from uh Enema of the State one eighty two cover? Oh yeah, yeah. Just, just fucking macking in the middle of the fucking her outfit uh, was hospital. crazy. <laughs> she yeah, was like what, the yeah, what, that was nuts. I'm like, what is she a nurse? Yeah. She's <laughs> not a nurse. <laughs> Foster. <laughs> he plays a really good skeevy skeevy guy too he he's doing a lot of hand stuff just like <laughs> yeah there's a lot of moments i i agree man like he him and anna ferris are the highlights because yeah. they really go for things mm -hmm. and have funny moments because yeah like they're kind of shitty so people that are funny too and that's kind of what this movie propagates like, as as humor uh, is, yeah. is like shitty people uh -huh. being kind of right. terrible right. almost yeah totally Oh, so yeah, I don't know. And uh, especially because like he's been known as like the really nice guy in the American Pie movies. Like he's the exact opposite. Right. So it was, yeah, I think the him playing that role, I just, the novelty of it, I think was uh, at the, the time. I'm going now mobile. It's like, <laughs> F this, I'm mobile. <laughs> <laughs> that was that nuts. Now. That reminded me of like someone having a cell phone for the first time or something. Oh, these mobile telephones. <laughs> mobile. <laughs> mobile. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was some of that in it. I was trying to remember the whole like, you know, well, we had a landline. I mean, okay, let's start getting into Well, notes. I mean, that's the classic thing of like, yeah, the split yeah. screen of like someone's on the phone and then the split screen comes in of like, oh, I'm the line. I'm on the line too. <laughs> yeah, it's like a half wipe. It yeah brings the yeah. frame in. Yeah, and then These they cut to one frame, and then girls. she comes to or he comes to beat up his younger brother. Yeah, yeah that stuff's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Some and bye I bye mean, birdie shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Landline though, what what a yeah what a what a what a time. Um, yeah, yeah there's gotta so be cell like phone the stuff in this. Is there? Huh. No, definitely not. Because I mean, I think any cell phone stuff is like still he's really rich so he has a cell phone type deal but even then i a lot of that's like abandoned i think mm -hmm. just because of like i don't know for comedy's sake and yeah for like, it's not as well convenience like, yeah convenience or whatever but yeah like this has got we're at the tail end all mm -hmm. you people out there who <laughs> don't know like 2005 tail end landline shit not yeah not how there's like no. i got my first cell phone that's yeah 2004 2005 that was my first nokia yeah. i got it, one of those flaming cases with like the flames on it so yeah, uh, you the, knew it was fucking cool yeah the nokia that came out and then you could like replace the uh mm -hmm. the case of it yeah and you could go into the store and they just had all of these different colors and you could play you go snake to the mall and it. they have all the kiosks yeah with all the all the different things yeah play snake oh god i love playing snake we're like brick breaker 
Yeah. Oh, Brick Breaker was tight as fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's w- w- right. Brick Breaker would be the game where it's like the one paddle and then it's like, yeah. Trying to I think that maybe that's what the they called it on uh, cell phones, but there might have been like breakouts. Maybe there's some other like original uh, game that, that's it. like based like on an arcade but, version. You know what I mean? Yeah. Brick Breaker. That's that's the that's the fun of shit. <laughs> hours, oh, dude. Snake, hours it's, snake was fun too. Yeah. Oh, dude. I could snake play, play Snake for days for sure um yeah i'll go through i don't know some 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 notes here yeah um a lot of gun miming from ryan reynolds he's doing a lot of gun stuff like shooting himself or shooting anna ferris with an invisible gun um anna ferris's earmuffs at a certain point are like the biggest widest fluffiest earmuffs that you've ever Uh, seen and i thought that was great the freak out in the car with ryan reynolds i thought was very like jim carrey moment where he's like and he's like freaking and then Andy yeah. smart's just sitting there watching i was like this is good this is pretty good yeah. like i like i don't know ryan reynolds willing to go there and and yeah i don't know seeing an attractive like uh handsome uh muscular dude acting like a fucking weird weird silly guy is like yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's fun to let to see someone kind of uh go to that go to that level and w- willing to do some some silly stuff um the child that told him in very like judgmental way, there's these three kids that constantly like appeared throughout the movie that like were their the Amy Smart's students when she was a sub. One of which told him when he had the substitute, like the replacement skates or whatever, some rental skates. Oh uh, yeah. He's like, I can't, I can't, I'm not sure if I can, how well I can do. The kid said a good skater can skate in anything. Uh huh. And like, he was like, fuck. I, I Dude, have the to. kids were just giving him so much <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. They were like the chorus in like a Greek tragedy. Uh-huh. Something. Just calling him like, like, uh, like a just... loser, like enchanting it. Like, this guy sucks. <laughs> this guy sucks. <laughs> just like... That was, I but guess it... that was the commentary was those kids. That was the closest thing. It was like, they, uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I brand you sucker. I don't know what that's. I forget that part. Punches a child. Yeah. He calls his youngest brother a walking void. I thought that was a pretty good insult. You walking void. Mm. Um, when Chris Klein brings out the dual neck guitar, <laughs> it kind of blew my mind. And then I think when he strummed, I was like, oh, that actually sounds like 12 strings. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's funny that they took the time, but that was, that was silly to, to think of like a 12 string acoustic guitar. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is isn't it i don't know yeah because that would have cost like i don't know like a, a million dollars right? <laughs> <laughs> like how expensive was that it was insane. <laughs> like it would have been hey especially 2005 good lord it would have been like yeah i don't know fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> my good buddy jimmy page <laughs> let me yeah. borrow this <laughs> um there was high marks on the wall when like uh his he like kicked his younger brother's ass i think on that like phone conversation if you looked on the wall behind him there was height marks on there where they they marked each other's heights and stuff i was like oh that's a fun little detail i don't know if mm. they're already there but maybe they added them that's fun um yeah <laughs> which friend would tell him he's a jerk rather than support him um <laughs> there's a song that i really liked at 15 year old james at this time really loved uh that plays at like like almost a motif in this movie of like the romantic moments it's called eyes by rogue wave and i was really happy to hear it again because i haven't heard any music by them in a very long time but they are kind of like a death cab for cutie almost kind of like soft indie rock kind of band and i like 
right after the movie, I was like, I listened to a little bit of Rogue Wave. I was like, oh man, this is bringing bringing me back. Um, what are you thinking about, Bush? <laughs> um, oh, well, George Bush, George Bush, <laughs> yeah, president, right. and his family. <laughs> I don't know. That was uh, just was unexpected. Um, yeah, so long, Sucktown. Oh, I also like, this is my last note, but when he gets kicked out of the bar for being very drunk, the security guard goes, and stay out. And then as he's walking away, there's like a very obvious 80-yard line of him going, well, he always wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I, yeah, just a, just yeah. imagining a security guard just be like, yeah, yeah, nailed that. <laughs> this is my first day on the job. I never thought I could do. Oh, stay out. <laughs> you got any, you got any uh, anything else? Um, some highlight, some things I noted was um, there was a moment where Ryan Reynolds is just manhandling the shit out of Anna Ferris, and it was like really just like uh, I don't know. It was very like shocking to me yeah. because there's he's like trying to shuffle her out to the car for her for his brother to take her to the mall to perform or like do a, a something like just like, like get her out and open mic night and then there was like a shopping trip or something too yeah something like that because there's a lot of that again we mentioned it earlier about like yeah Anna Ferris just gets like completely removed for the middle portion of this movie so that Ryan Reynolds can have like the dates and do all this stuff with Amy Smart and like there's just this moment where yeah Ryan Reynolds is like literally like just like grabbing her head and like pushing mm. her into the car yeah. and like just like shaking her and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is uncomfortable. I do not like how he's just handling her. Um, but she just handles it like a pro and yeah. just makes it like really funny, but like uh it just was like so so jarring to me. Um the brother says that he jerks off eight times a day, which right. I was like, how do you get anything done? <laughs> <laughs> eight times she was so funny in that scene too she's like eight and she was so disgusted at first and then like just through her facial expression and yeah and her vocal tone and everything was just like disgusted to like intrigued and then she goes on to like seduce him yeah Yeah, like just the the, yeah the admission of eight times a day means that he is ready to go and that's what women want right <laughs> you know that's that's what they're all about they're looking Jesus. for they're looking for men who can just go whenever that's the that's the thing that turns them on I, so I, I love her i don't know when she's just a psychopath <laughs> she, i know there's like the part she's got like the thing at the toothpaste and she's like all oh, the toothpaste bar. that's where it gets to be too much for me she's she's every part's funny but that toothpaste bar for whatever reason for me is like oh. <laughs> is like gross and i cannot handle it <laughs> i like, can't handle so it funny. <laughs> it's, honestly it's like there's not much i remembered about this movie i'm like oh there's that part with anna ferris and she's like eating Just toothpaste eating and toothpaste. i was like yeah, she gets fuck that and like, then falls off the oh, second yeah. floor that of the mall intense. oh my god so intense yeah because she just the brother accidentally tases her and there's like oh and then the stuff she, when they're when they're about to like when he's about giving her a massage and she's like, yeah, more oil, more <laughs> oil. OK, stop. <laughs> OK, that's enough. <laughs> it's just like really intense about everything. <laughs> I love that. So funny. 
<laughs> oh, she's she is the MVP of this movie. Oh, for sure, for sure dude. No, no questions oh, asked. No questions about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so there's gonna be like uh, the Anna Ferris score and then like the rest of the movie score with my hey, right. Oh, this movie gets God. that much more because Anna Ferris. <laughs> Dude, totally. She fucking rocks, man. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that when, uh, so that Nicholas Sparks, the notebook thing, is that um, Dusty Dinkelman um, describes like why he likes Nicholas Sparks. Like, kind of, it's one of those like one ups of, you know, he not only does he know about it, but he has like, a, mm-hmm. you know, a whole opinion on Nicholas Sparks. And one of his comments is, is that Nicholas like he likes it because nicholas sparks writing is simple is a is a way he describes it and i was just like wait is that, is that what people why people like nicholas Sparks? it's because it's simple that's such a weird way to describe something yeah he's, a very, like, he's a, like the ernest hemingway of our time <laughs> i saw a woman she was beautiful <laughs> just so bad but she was out of my league (laughs) (laughs) and then just talks about what league means and then it's just like (laughs) a very like plain english yeah Yeah, you know the way to date a woman is sort of like fighting a bull let me tell you right uh it's like fishing um yeah i just i also wrote like yikes brother uses the hard f word oh yeah there then then also anna ferris in the beginning of the movie when she's recording her thing says calls the asian producer hong kong and i was like whoa yeah that was holy shit it's rough man there's like a lot of like not very good people in this movie (laughs) blew me away i was like jaw dropping like oh god yeah it's just like and you know what it's really a testament to how far we've come i know that there's obviously still a immense amount of racism but we're like i think you know like connie like what's happening with connie west is a good example of like we just collectively like are like the, like we'll come together on this stuff now yeah, like, like a fucking this virus is, <laughs> this is fucked yeah, up yeah. we don't like this stop it we hate this like and really just try to cleanse all of that impurity out of society and yeah like there's stuff in this movie that is just like mean-spirited like I, yeah it just it it goes to show you that the people writing and making this movie have the same sensibility as ryan reynolds character in this where they're just mm-hmm. and on a ferris for as well or on ferris's character where like they have no problem using racial slurs to make jokes and mm-hmm. it just just like it just really goes to show you now in 2022 of like that that was always like low-hanging fruit that you were able to get away with because we just, you know, we're still progressing through things. And it just, yeah, now it's like, if anything, not only is like overtly racist shit more apparent, but like using it in comedy like that, it's just now you're like, that is so cheap. It's so Mm -hmm. unearned. It's so like, yeah, it, it really just you couldn't come up with a better joke almost is now what it comes off to me as like instead of like, you know, if you're not smart enough to make fun of the producer in another way other than his race, mm-hmm. then like you need to like really reevaluate the industry and the thing that you're doing, because like if you're writing comedy movies like 
and that shouldn't all you come can, so easy to you <laughs> it should, like that, you yeah. right and 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 you should also just consider it as like i'm not here for cheap jokes i'm here like mm-hmm. how do i make genuine laughs and also too like what we've talked about is like it just also doesn't like jokes in movies like this have the ability to make like to point things out and that none of the race jokes are pointing things out of like oh how racism is still an issue it's just very pointed extremely casual which is the most casual simple shallow bullshit kind of uh, egregious yeah exactly yeah like uh i was trying to find the right right word but just like nefarious or just like it'll it'll bleed in the quickest and 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 the most right you know, just when it's when it can be thrown away casually rather than confronted or or addressed in any sort of way when it's just like a throwaway line is is kind of something that i think i think you're right where it is crowdsourced in a way out and it is you know it doesn't and in doesn't need to address it when it doesn't exist in in something so casually and there's not an avenue to make jokes out of that just like out of context like that was just that was out of context you didn't even know who that person was you didn't even have a fucking line and even if like it is to show how terrible of a person she is or something like that like don't lead with it (laughs) no yeah there's no there's no reason and then i think and that's just where not only her and you mentioned like other characters in this movie where oh, this isn't just her character. This is like the production. This is the movie. And this is what the movie is telling you. The their whole, sensibility. The yeah. Whole, yeah, their sensibility, their whole um, disposition towards everything. And that's where it strikes me as like a movie like made by bullies kind of. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's Dude, like totally. about like talking about what it would be like to be misunderstood in, in high school or, or something like that. And how you just fucking like lost weight and got attractive and came back and you know just got what you wanted like i i don't know like what uh what what really happened in this movie right right exactly He just came back and he like fucked up a bit but then he still got what he fucking wanted like i i don't know and there's just no depth past that of 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 who he was and how he actually like thought about things he he really just seemed like a selfish narcissistic prick uh throughout you know his new persona of 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 his uh of who he was and everything. And that's just like something that in their mind and in the people that around them within that production, they all thought that was funny and they all laughed at what they were doing. And it just seems, yeah, very tone deaf in this point in time as, as things have, um, you know, moved past some of these like low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a great way to describe some of the bits in this movie um yeah because i just think like a comparison because you know like it's uh, very vain too sorry that was just my last thing i was i kept on mm. slipping that thought thought. it's just like an extreme it's a movie about vain people and vanity but it itself is vain like i, I don't know made by very, vain people yeah, yeah and it's like, constantly constantly commentating on on people's appearance in, in this whole movie and 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 who they are and everyone is just you know, i don't mean like the like amy smart's dad in this movie is fucking insane that guy is an insane guy. He's just like, I don't know. He's just like, hurdy, dirty, dirty, dirty. <laughs> he's just like so <laughs> intense. He's just like, oh yeah, you, the Ryan Reynolds, oh fuck you. And then like this Christmas lights go down and then he's like really upset and sad. Like he's really extreme and intense 
aspects of everything. And even with like a throwaway character like that, even when he's like barking bullshit at Ryan Reynolds, right? When he shows up, it's like, oh, everyone's a monster. And then Ryan Reynolds throws a snowball at a random passerby. And it's just like, that's supposed to be funny. It's him like straight up like being a bully. Like that's supposed to be played for comedy of like, hey, Merry Christmas. And he just throws a fucking snowball at his face. And that's the joke. It just, it, it, this movie, it's mean, it's mean yeah, and vain. It, and I don't it, know. Like, I would, yeah, I would categorize like put that movie obviously in that same box of like mean spirited in its core DNA. And it, I just, I, and that is also those types of movies are in my mind, like a litmus test for if somebody really likes this movie, it just makes me think like, Oh, are you a douchebag? <laughs> or did like, do you just get, cause so much of the low hanging stuff is like, do you laugh when somebody is mean to somebody else? Yeah. There's no like prestige to the, jo- there's no like punchline uh, to the fucking joke. It's just right. like something happens and then there's supposed to be a commentary or a satire or some sort of social situation that would like, happen in the office or something like that. If you're going to have fucking awkward comedy and cringeworthy comedy, like it's got to have a punch line, which it, it just didn't have those like staples and, and points. And at the end of scenes that made it worth worthwhile. I'm we're railing against it. There's still some, there's, there's still some funny stuff that happened. I already like kind of listed in my notes and stuff. No, we but, mentioned it. Yeah. But no, it's like, we, it, it's, it's out it's, of context, funny stuff. And it doesn't really like have anything else to do with, who they are besides yeah who anna ferris is which she's just a fucking psychopath and we love her um, yeah absolutely was, but i yeah. yeah i would just say it's where like i i'm glad that we spent this time honestly railing against this movie because sure that yeah because I, I don't know it just it seemed like this is because of the sensibility of this movie it fucking deserves to be taken to task like because there are it, like it, pe- like mostly assholes in this movie and the nice people are kind of treated like shit pretty much yeah exactly so i mean it, you know those people and i i think we know some people in our life who are like that would just be like oh well the war you know it's like you don't get it you don't get humor oh you're too sensitive oh you you're too much of a and i would use the word like calling people who don't like this movie or think it's sensibility sucks at pussies like mm-hmm. and you know what fuck those people man like mm-hmm. i don't know and i i'm not trying to reclaim anything i'm just like trying to if anything just push like just push the energy back at that person or the, at least that sensibility and go like well but fuck you like I, if you if you're going to be an asshole to people then I'm going to tell you you're an asshole. Oh, and then you can't handle it. It's just that vicious cycle that people who are insecure and who are assholes get into where they're like, oh, I'm the problem because I'm too sensitive. But then the Mm -hmm. second I call that person out, then they're just like, oh, well, you know, fuck you. Oh, you're you're an idiot. You're so right. I mean, it's what I've been saying this whole time. It's like he had inner strength in his own way at that time. Like, I I don't know. He had the patience to, to court a woman and be friends with friends with her. And he had this crush on her and, you know, he treated her respectively that whole time. They were friends, it seemed like. And they and they and then like things changed and he he treated her like an asshole and then he gets rewarded for it. It's like it's just frustrating because he seemed like a sweetheart at at the beginning, whatever, even if it was like stereotypically portraying a friend zone situation, like I was saying earlier. But it's like I hate that the the shitty version of himself got rewarded so well without any sort of call out um except by amy smart and then in the moment of the climax she just uh gives in you know 
she's not going on an airplane. She's not going anywhere. She's just at home on New Year's Eve. And he's, and there's no fucking urgency. There's no stakes. There's no any going, anything going on. And so she's like, okay, come here. Mm. And it's so out of place. That last scene, like, he, I don't know. He just like, okay, I'm just going to go, go back and show up at her door and no, no barely any buildup. They just get the movie over. And then those kids look at each other and then there's a new fucking friend zone that uh, arises. Uh, with them. Uh, yep. And then that kid looks straight in the camera. Oh, shit. shit. Oh, no. <laughs> this was the girl I wanted to marry. I'm, almost, I'm only eight years old, but damn it. I'm friend zone. Like, I don't know. That didn't even, that didn't hit. To end the movie on that, no. just like did not oh. land at all. And the cycle continues. And the cycle continues. Because they're just like yeah. watching from the window. <laughs> What yeah, the right. fuck? That's so weird. It's so forced. And a lot of this movie is. Um, but I would, I would just, uh, yeah. uh, before we get into final thoughts, I would just, uh-huh. p- or I'm uh, sorry, uh, reviews. Um, I would, I would like to pitch that I think this movie would have benefited from an introduction. Like they don't, they don't get together, but they learn, like they come to a mutual respect for they stay friends Fuck. and they stay friends and they are yeah. just friends and they respect each other and like and, and he's yeah. like that's what they fucking undercut themselves so much when he he's like i would rather have you as a friend than nothing at all and then right after he says that he's like actually no <laughs> actually no he, I he really actually says want, that he's like i want I, and i was yeah. like that was a perfect line to like follow through on like the mean the meaning of this movie would be like it's okay to be just friends man like i, I don't know like like and then the, or maybe the if, you, if you can't and if you can't you know like figure that out then yeah maybe you do need to be, be honest with that and be like we can't be friends because i i have too much emotionally att- emotional attachments or whatever but it just fumbles at so fucking hard yeah, absolutely. I would like how like better would it have been if like then it goes next Christmas and then they're hey. spending, they're they're spending it together, but they're both in in different relationships and they're wow. able to just be friends and have the moment together. And then wow. Ryan Reynolds learns that he can go on coffee lunch dates and he doesn't have to just only do dinners where he's fucking these oh women after God. like you know Brandon, it's like, you just <laughs> you wrote it for me i just got got little tingles in my spine of how much better that would fucking be oh it just yeah so i've already pitched that this movie definitely need to get filled out with more comedians i don't like mm-hmm. unfortunately comedians are one of the cheapest get buffalo like, in there who cares like cheapest like from i don't know from a budgetary standpoint seems like i i get that this movie isn't like some big budget thing but like it just i don't understand how like I would assume that I'm going to just go out, out on a limb here that getting comedians isn't t- terribly expensive and it would have benefited this movie so much more than to have less characters and the characters you do have have nothing to do mm-hmm. and they just have all they are in service in like how do I show for a character from point A to point B or just talking about exactly what's happening and so that you can then react to it and move on like mm-hmm. oh anyways let's, uh, i'm 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 interested to hear what these, these yeah absolutely um before we do that i'm gonna take a bathroom break and we'll be right back yep that sounds good and welcome back to the polarized podcast all you polarized heads out there thanks for joining us thanks for sticking it out we love you let's let's walk mm-hmm. into review territory all together hand in hand um the reviews for the critics let's start with them they gave it a 42 percent 
while the audience gave it a 71. Um, from the New York Times, Stephen Holden, a 30, overcompensates for its sloppiness with loud knockabout farce. Uh, from Mark Savlov, Austin Chronicle, at 30, the script by Adam Tex Vegas ricochets between over-earnest romantic comedy staples and a noticeable lack of any consistent tone for the Reynolds character. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Man, the guy, in a wrote, body bag. the guy who wrote the script is named Adam Tex Vegas. Wow. Oh, I probably I should have taken more time to get into who that is, because <laughs> that sounds interesting. Adam, his name is already Adam Vegas, and you got to call him Tex instead of Vegas. <laughs> He's got two locations in his name. Just go with <laughs> Vegas. Call him Vegas. <laughs> like, no, I'm more of a Tex guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hollywood Reporter, Kirk Honeycutt, just lousy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a play on the That's name. the pull quote. <laughs> <laughs> um new york post uh, i guess i did new york times you don't need to do the new york post. get out of let's get out of new york <laughs> new york territory uh tv guide magazine 38 Ma matland mcdonough ironically ferris samantha is the most convincing personality in the mix she's a grotesque caricature of courtney love by the way of nancy spongen a vulgar selfish monster of unbridled id but you always know where she's coming from mm, yeah there, that that was the yeah. selfish monster of unbridled id. Um, from LA Times, Kevin Thomas, a 40, we're warming up. This is a standard issue gross Hollywood knockabout comedy in which slapstick antics have been piled up with a steam shovel and driven home with a sledgehammer. Reynolds and Smart are game in Reynolds and Smart are game and even dimensional, but all others are stuck playing tiresome, obnoxious characters. Ugh. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's giving praise to Reynolds and and Smart. Like, I, I I get why, but also, yeah, it's just I think their performances are pretty good, but the the writing supporting their performances is, is not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Great. The AV Club, Nathan Rabin, a forty. The tantalizing promise of ninety heavenly minutes of Ryan Reynolds in a roly-poly fat suit and unconvincing tubby makeup, <laughs> which make him look like a younger version of Martin Short's Jimmy Jiminy Glick, <laughs> proves totally. the case of the old bait and switch. <laughs> God, I love Jim, I love Jiminy Glick. I was yeah. I watched Three Amigos recently. Maybe I mentioned this. On me too. Time. Yeah, me too. Really? I've done that too. Oh yeah, yeah, I think it's on like HBO Max or something. But I watched it recently, and then right after, watched a bunch of a bunch of Jiminy Glick stuff. Um, but damn, three amigos. That was such, that's such a good time. I, I was I had such a mm -hmm. good time in that that movie. Um, should I do one more? I'll do one more. Washington Post, Stephen Hunter, fifty. Before we get to fresh territory, which is a sixty. Um, he says, and all it's not too bad, and it's not too long. <laughs> oh my god if that's what that's the standard <laughs> that's the standard for a 50 i mean for a 50 i guess it's not too bad and not too long you get a 50 from uh from stephen hunter uh -huh. um on the other side of things the old 71 from the audience um we'll go to some reviews here from them um nunya business is is their name five stars titled really cute really cute movie this is one of our favorite holiday movies. It's funny, charming, and gets better with each watch. 
Um, there are some that like go really long, which are, are really great. I'm going to do this one and, and kind of tailor it down. Cause I've noticed in some of these long ones as though, like, I mean, it's, it's like they're writing an essay. They'll do an intro paragraph and then they'll do a whole synopsis of the movie and they'll, yeah, they'll do right. a closing paragraph. So from um, David M, uh, this is titered, this is titered, this is titered, <laughs> this is titered, this is teetered. This uh, this uh, lucky. <laughs> this double oh, yeah. daisy cutter, uh, double pale ale has been really, really good. This episode, it's been nice. It's added <laughs> added to uh, some new words that I'm coming up with. As the other speak. MVP. Mm-hmm. Just gonna take another sip. There we go. Um, yes, the nightmare for all men is how David M. Titered this uh, this review. Um, I'll I'll kind of go through some of it. He says, let me start off by saying that I truly do enjoy this movie. While it is no cinematic masterpiece, it is exactly what you would expect from Ryan Reynolds. Amy Smart is a mm. fairly versatile actress and is amusing for most of this movie. This movie describes the relationships of potentially millions of friends, and you will catch yourself comparing the situations to situations in your own life. And then they give a little synopsis of the uh, what happens in the movie, and then this is their final uh, closeout paragraph. Overall, a solid movie if you like this type of comedy, and it follows in the same vein as normal Ryan Reynolds movies, with exception to Amityville Horror. While I would not consider it a dumb comedy, as it seems to reflect true life more than what we would care to admit, it does have situations in it that, in it that would hopefully never truly happen. Some of the situations in the movie are truly disastrous and unfortunate, but it seems like everything works out in the end. If you are in the mood for a laugh, then this would be a good movie to watch. However, do not ever watch this movie with a friend you are trying to woo. It probably will not go over well. Oh, okay. I feel like this. I feel like he's projecting a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Too. I think David M might be projecting because I don't know. I it could go. I could go either way. I feel like you could watch this movie with someone you're trying to woo and have a good time too. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that has any bearing on what would happen then. It seems like a fun Christmas kind of romantic movie. They end up together at the end. I mean, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, but this, it seems like this, that person went through a similar situation. It seems like what they were trying to express um, in there. But let's see. Um, yeah. I see a lot of love for this movie from uh, Amazon customer. No, no name titled Ryan. Ryan Reynolds is hilarious. Uh, they say kind of a cheesy movie, but still funny. Ryan Reynolds character, Chris is in love with his best friend, Jamie. She sees him in a big, she sees him as a big fat teddy bear to love on as a friend and nothing else. Um, and they go on to describe the plot of the movie. Um, but at the end they say, I would recommend this movie. It is lighthearted and funny. Ryan Reynolds just has that perfect comedic timing and the supporting characters are wonderful as well. I love the kooky Samantha James and dusty Dinkelman. That name alone is worth watching the movie. Wow. Just the name okay. Dusty right, Dinkelman. Oh, if you you tell me there's a guy named Dusty Dinkelman? Sign me up. Uh, from Tracy Williams, a five-star review titled Divine Comedy, written March 13th, 2020. Well, it's our favorite movie of all time. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> Without sounding completely insane, we are a bit. Ryan and Anna... LA it's at its finest and Ryan and Anna head off on jet for her new hit single forgiveness. Doesn't mean saying I'm sorry. Then Samantha burns up the microwave on the G five emergency landing in Chris childhood hometown. Mom, bro, I'm home. And the party begins. Hilarious. Not true. 
All those cringeworthy moments from high school come back and the family humor is over the top sloppy silly. It's fun, embarrassing, but he still does the right thing for the beautiful girl, the one that got away after high school graduation. Life is divine chaos. We just have to... (laughs) Okay. We just... Okay, whoa. You're telling me the movie Just Friends inspired you to write that life is divine chaos. Life is divine chaos. We just have to jump in, enjoy the journey. Laughing is the best medicine. Thank you. (laughs) There's a lot of emojis in this review, too. Um... Uh, from Patrick John Klug, title <laughs> <laughs> Klug, maybe Klug. Klug um, yeah. This is one of my favorite. I can't believe it already. Sixteen years ago, <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I, <laughs> I generally know what it means, but uh, you you get it. Um, Ryan Reynolds. Some people don't get a nonstop funny. <laughs> okay, this is broken English. Damn it! I'm sorry. Yeah, damn. Picked a wrong. Oh, I'm gonna try though. Ryan Reynolds, some people don't get a non stop funny, you know, kind of a Deadpool fancy camera, but it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hilarious watching him when he was that sing. I swear that song, you know, the story he makes the movie. If anyone else is in the movie, it would have thought, but he makes the morning. I'm pretty sure I sharded my pants. <laughs> Uh, i don't i was i think i was fooled by that by the end i think that was a troll oh my god ryan reynolds some people don't get a non-stop funny you know kind of a deadpool fancy camera but it's hilarious watching him when he was that sing i swear that song you know the story he makes the movie if anyone else is in the movie it would have fun but he makes the morning i'm pretty sure i sharded my pants all one sentence no period no punctuation all right a deadpool fancy deadpool fancy camera (laughs) it's hilarious watching him when he was that sing i swear that song (laughs) you know that story i I have laughed harder for that review than i did this entire uh all right yeah I question even there's no way to follow up that. We'll just we'll just move on to a <laughs> Okay, I'll do one more. The two doodles uh, titled my favorite Christmas movie, five stars. This was one with like a somewhat normal one. This movie made me <laughs> fall in love with Ryan Reynolds. His comedic timing is impeccable, and I can say the same for Anna Ferris. They are hysterical together and have wonderful com- comic chemistry. I especially love when the crazed Samantha shows up at Jamie's house and annihilates her family's Christmas decorations. Annihilated. That was my favorite part. I graduated high school in the same year as his character, so I also love the flashback to 95 and the pop culture references. If you're a fan of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I think this movie will work its way into your heart. Fuck no. Close, dude. I'm sorry. Get the fuck out of here. I want to go back to Deadpool fancy camera. Let's uh let's uh move on to uh what we think about the movie and if we were if we were to ascribe a numerical uh score to it what would you what would you give it Brandon and any oh. final final uh a, a eulogy for this <laughs> fucking 
dead yeah. movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's uh I feel like it feels very fitting to me that we go our Christmas movie is this movie because in a, in a year that has been relatively crazy and really been um I don't know something um I don't know. Just to, this whole year hasn't been non-traditional for me. There's just been uh, stuff that's happened in my life that has been unique. And um, this movie is a non-traditional Christmas movie and this, and not in a good way. I don't think there, there is a overwhelming sense of like, cause we, you know, we've been watching a lot of Christmas movies lately. I have, and we have collectively been doing that. And there's, the staple of a Christmas movie is having a really strong sense of reflection over the year and the things that you've done in your life and also uh, highlighting the love and uh, love and admiration you have for your, your family and loved ones and just really focusing on spending this time together. And this movie doesn't really have any of that. <laughs> and so this movie is a shitty Christmas movie. It's not a fun movie um but the fact that it has christmas in it is why we're talking about it and i'm uh, god that uh, god these reviews kind of added a lot more fun um than i had it yeah we're more fun than this movie <laughs> i'm gonna give this uh because of the time of the year i'm gonna give this movie like the day that christmas is <laughs> i'm gonna give this movie a 25 <laughs> percent very very nice like uh yes that would be that would be like a a one on the uh <laughs> on the old uh four scale four scale of of uh stars i guess if you were to do it do it that way mm -hmm. um i i feel like we've expressed a lot throughout this yeah. this podcast i think it's it was interesting like going into like yeah doing a podcast about a comedy it's hard to imagine exactly how to talk about certain things but it's interesting once you get it get rolling like i we start to i think Myself, I learned a lot more about what makes a good comedy for me. Yeah. Um, you know, our dividing and we didn't really have dividing lines, I guess our more no. com our commonalities of what what uh, we find funny as well, because there's so many comedies that we have bonded over um, and mm -hmm. everything. And I was kind of reaching for things to like about this movie. I remember this was a movie that, yeah, people would like, oh, I have the, you know, it's like the DVD of Just Friends. Oh, you haven't seen that movie. You should see that movie. It's good. And there's like things that we quote from it or something like the I swear song and, and, and all that stuff with him in the fat suit. Um, and it just doesn't fulfill its promise as a story, like as a, as a full story, <laughs> as a movie with characters that have something to, to do or accomplish throughout it. And those things that they're supposed to do are, are pretty convoluted. Even something as simple as his fucking job and how he's supposed to, what he's supposed to be doing with Anna Ferris and why they're there and why they can't leave things as simple as that are not addressed. Like things as things as simple as just having a character progression and, and some sort of rises and, and falls that are not, you know, just engineered in a way that um, are so generic, so stereotypical. And so just put through like a factory sort of way of writing a script. I really think it seems like, they had all these elements of a friend zone, friend zone Christmas. How can we make a, a movie about that? And they, and they filled it in this way that um, was more about these stringing these elements together rather than the story propping everything up. Um, 
performance is uh, pretty good as far as like Ryan Reynolds and and uh, Anna Ferris and Amy Smart and all, all that stuff. But it's like that can only go so far when their characters are are foobar. Like they 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 are not yeah. not worth investing your your time in. Um, and Anna Ferris, you could take that character and put her in any movie, and she could be pretty funny. Like this, it's nothing about this movie that makes her so great. She herself is a great perf- comedic performer, and that that's what rises to the top of this movie is is her performance and i love me some julie Haggerty, um and ryan reynolds if you were gonna put him in a in a comedy or something it's like i get why you put him in this movie like uh that yeah. that's just kind of my my opinion of him i i think i don't know it bothers me when he he does anything deeper than than this kind of stuff but uh that being said this could have been better this could have been a better movie this could have been a more heartfelt movie there could have been like Brandon's rewrite of the end like made me rethink the whole thing and actually get more pissed about uh how it was handled because that right that rewrite that you just gave was like fuck that would have like hit home so much more it's as if it followed through on on you know the promise of being a heartfelt christmas movie that has uh has some semblance of a moral compass i i don't know it doesn't uh-huh. it doesn't need to be but at least if you're going to have a you know the main character just like you can he can be an asshole I'm fine with that but it's just there there's got to be some sort of confrontation with that version of his new self and some sort of uh way of bringing that old self in, in into the future and didn't succeed on that didn't succeed on a lot there were some parts I laughed but it was it seemed like just out of context and of the movie in, in general uh, I'd give it a 36, 36%. 30, 30. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, it's, uh, it's not, it's not really worth it. And it's not really something that um, is going to be worth your time on, on Christmas, especially when you want to be filled with joy and uh, happiness and, and merriment. And these people are just being kind of terrible to each other. <laughs> Um, but unless that, that's your thing, there's some people here that's their favorite movie. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I mean, it, I think it's it's tough to put this movie on in a family setting because of the content that's involved in it. And mm-hmm. then if you were to watch Christmas movies with your friends, this movie isn't funny enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this movie only serves a very specific purpose of if you are watching it with a significant other that is like kind of into this you know mm-hmm. like if you if you, you and your like significant his, other, you, have, you have a history with this movie if you've seen this movie the first time now i don't yeah. it just doesn't hold up yeah it doesn't hold up yeah no agreed so yeah no i mean yeah i i yeah that makes sense your yeah. view i get it well that's uh that's been it for us for just friends um mm-hmm. another from, episode in the books from the just friends themselves uh mm-hmm. and uh now this is the moment where we go on to our next venture which will be quite quite the adventure uh, oh, yeah if you ask me um we will be doing for our next movie a little known movie called national treasure with a nicholas cage and uh we're doing not only one national treasure but a second national treasure as well we're already just calling our shots so just so you guys know if you're gonna watch national treasure national treasure go ahead and boot up that second one on your queue uh because 
the one after that will be what is it called book of shadows book of secrets yeah i think book of secrets right? book of secrets and then uh yeah this is also i mean there's a disney plus show i believe that's coming out as well or is already out national treasure so we'll uh we'll be joining Just another joining ip to suck the soul out of. yeah exactly <laughs> hell yeah man let's <laughs> just uh just yeah exploit nostalgia because people are frustrated with the current and live in the past let's just suck the soul out of shit i love it what's crazy but is we're gonna be talking about the first movie and that's already reviewed a 46 percent by the critics and then a 76 percent by the audience and is mm. with a movie rated like that in 2004, 18 years later, you could have a reboot TV show, even with ratings like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so exactly. that's what I mean. Something to think about. You could have a 46%. So that's, I, that's, uh, that, whatever that means. No, no, numbers don't tell the whole story, but they do tell uh, some, some form of story if, if, if you, uh, want to look deep enough, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's not about the effectiveness or the quality of the storytelling. It's just, how many people watched it when it came out? Yeah. <laughs> and the power of Disney. <laughs> but we we see this. I, I feel like now I'm just cynical with the bad taste of this. Movie. I think so. Yeah. I think that's where we're coming but, from the energy right now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't want to set that. I, I, I'm going to go into this because I know that these movies at a bare minimum are going to be pretty fun. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited. I still think it's, I mean, cause we did the pirates movies before and I'm already getting mm -hmm. into it, but yeah. it's like, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Going like, going into a movie knowing then there's a sequel and then it, the first one isn't even you know a resounding success by all measures uh but join us next time uh we will be uh going on a on an adventure for the declaration of independence i think um mm -hmm, if you want yep. to reach us or watch us live on twitch.tv slash polarized pod is you can uh, join us for a live recording of this very podcast you're listening to um, if you want to reach us in any other way on Twitter at, uh, twitter.com slash polarized pod as well. Um, or if you want to send us a line, polarize the pod at gmail.com. We love you. Thank you for joining for your very first episode of polarize the pod. <laughs> Every uh, episode's the first one for, for just friends. And we hope that you are our new friends as well. Brandini. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. Brander. Brander. Yeah. Brander. Uh, anything else to share with the people? The polar bears. No, happy holidays to everybody out there. Um, yeah, or I hope it's uh, spent with family and loved ones. Hell yeah, we love you all and uh, love, you all. love you too, Brander. <laughs> love, you, love you too. <laughs> oh, what what was the the lost episode? Oh fuck. Um, the House of D. It would have been. You were James. What was it? James something. Oh, fuck Damn it. I don't know Damn it. because it's lost and to lost. the sands of time. <laughs> All right, James Deeney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to default to that. All right. This has been James Deeney and the Brander and Brander. we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>